Welcome to episode 7 of Flop Stars. If you're new here, Flop Stars is a podcast looking at our favourite pop stars in our hearts who can't quite compete on the charts. I'm joined, as always, by our resident pop expert Nick Kelly to look at an underrated project that has won cult adoration. This week, it's Miley Cyrus's turn as we take a look into her 2017 record Younger Now. The album marked a return to a more PG Miley after her bangers era, which was full of wild cards, psychedelics and shocking live shows. Commercially, it was unable to match her usual success, but fans still champion the record as a display of her natural talent. Hello, Nick. How are you doing today? Hello, Sam. I'm so well. Um, happy birthday for the other day. Congratulations on turning one year closer to 40. Um, Thank you very really much. starts. Very close now. However, I've made it out of the 27 Club alive. Somehow. And I'm here today to tell the story. The world was really tr- going against you and trying to, you know, put you yeah. in that, that prestiged pool. Um, it really was actually two um, <laughs> Corona epicenters. Yes. From Italy to New York. <laughs> now, Nick, do you want to um, talk a little bit about the album we're talking about today? Because I feel like this is a you, your kind of arena, this one. This is Miley Cyrus's Younger Now. Um, came out in 2017. Um, the two big hits off it were Malibu and Younger Now. Um, this but was a big, big hits. Well, <laughs> no, no, we really wouldn't. <laughs> for being honest here, Malibu, I think we'll pass. We'll, Malibu, give, we'll give it to Malibu. Yeah, Malibu was enough of a hit. Um, this is, is in a really interesting time, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into this, but a really interesting time in Miley's life. Um, she had had done bangers in 2013, and that had kind of edged her up a bit, given her a bit of an adult edge and kind of gotten rid of the long locks of the Hannah Montana days. Um, And that kind of really gave her a propeller to an accelerator into, you know, being a credible pop star for the adult world. And then she kind of went, uh, quotation marks, off the rails and did the dead pets thing and started exploring herself (laughs) and also seemingly exploring a lot of psychedelics. Um, She... Then seemed to, in 2016, sort of try and bring everything back to a more palatable sort of place. And that's where Young and Now's production sort of began. So she was a coach on The Voice. She was, you know, doing a lot of charitable work with her Happy Hippie Foundation that she uh, founded at the end of 2015. Um, She was... Uh, endorsing Bernie Sanders and then Hillary Clinton and, you know, trying to appeal to her country roots and that conservative base to be a political voice. Um, and then yeah. her and her and Liam Hemsworth and their off, on-again, off-again relationship kind of rekindled that year as well. So Younger Now came sort of at the end of a very, you know, big journey back to her truth and her what she perceived to be her truth at the time. But it didn't do too well. No, it's it's kind of interesting to consider Younger Now now because things have changed a lot again for Miley, um, no longer with Liam Hemsworth, no longer kind of cracking on with, with this sound, happy to get a little bit down and dirty again, happy to return to that kind of bangers style Miley that's kind of embraces freedom and embraces her sexuality and um, kind of extends the boundaries as to what she thinks she can do. 
Um, but there's also a pure side to Miley as well now, which I think comes from the Younger Now record and in terms of the bright-minded Instagram show she's doing at the moment, I think it all stems from this kind of quick um, Windex of her image. Windex is a great verb. It's a great... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I've had and a few Prosecco. It's... <laughs> I would expect nothing less. It's a Friday night in New York record time. It's 9am in Sydney. I've got me coffee, me shit instant coffee. Um, it's, it, it's interesting. You're right. That windexing of her image is a really good description. And, and it's good that we're doing this right now because, yeah, she has been doing this sort of Instagram live session pretty much daily. I think it has been like every single day for a few weeks now. Yeah, she's um, really kept it up. She's kept it up. And, and I heard a with Zane Lowe, a really beautiful interview she did with Zane Lowe a couple of weeks ago, so maybe a week into all this. And and something she said really stood out to me. She feels the most connected to her fans right now in the last few weeks um, than she ever has since Hannah Montana. So wow. Because she's connecting since with Hannah them. Since Hannah Montana. Since Hannah Montana. Because wow. if you think about it, Hannah Montana was a weekly live audience show yeah. sitcom kind of thing where she was able to get a, a genuine reaction from the way that she yes it was an exaggerated version of her real life but that show was you know it was a window into the cyruses really um and she was able yeah. to get that physical instant reaction on an intimate level rather than performing in a concert arena um so it, it shows that i think she wants to be connected and she wants to be rootsy and family is really important to her and those intimate smaller simple connections are really important yeah. to Miley so that that feeds into the importance of a record like Younger Now in her career. Which uh, I like what you say about that kind of being part of her image in terms of feeling grounded um, and she brings that across with like the kind of celebrities that she chooses to mix with now which I think is a really good side of her as a pop star um, and I think that comes off is in Younger Now, but I don't think she's fully solidified herself for long enough in any period of time to make something that really defined Miley as an artist. And yeah. I think Younger Now, for me, I like is probably my least favourite Miley album. Um, and I think it like was a period of time where I didn't really... I don't think I believed what she was doing at all. I think the, like, Liam Hemsworth, like, obviously she was back with him and then suddenly her image had just cleaned up straight away. She was uh, talking about hip-hop in the press and saying that, like, she doesn't agree with what rappers say after she'd just spent two years of her life doing a, a record campaign that was basically solely ripped from hip-hop. Yeah. It just felt um, disingenuine to me. That's a really good point and that's the, be that's the beauty of time, isn't it? And that's the importance of giving yourself time to allow public perception to heal. And yeah. that's, that's a really difficult thing to do. And in hindsight, probably this didn't fall at the right time. She probably didn't allow that time to happen. That said, it was her first, if we're discounting Dead Pets as a proper record, which I would because it was released onto SoundCloud. Um, this is her first Dead album Pets in four is years. In incredible. <laughs> That's another. That's a flop stars for another day. That's a, that is that's absolutely an other a flop episode. stars for another day. I listen to that song about her dead fish all the time. 
<laughs> what was it called again? Um, um, oh, I don't know, Pepper the Blowfish or something like that. God, it was a long Pablo the Blowfish. But it's so interesting because she had that. She had that record and everyone was like, we thought Miley had gone off the off the road with bangers, but now she's gone even further with her dead pets. There's no way she's coming back. Yeah. And then suddenly when she released Malibu, I was like, here we go. Like <laughs> we love a proper Miley release with the record label behind her. It's gonna be bonkers. And couldn't have got a cleaner song if you tried. No. Straight down the line. Um, it's interesting, though. Let's talk about the quality of the record because you say it's yep. your least favourite album. What contributes yep. to it being your least favourite album? Um, I, I think Miley was right in going for the whole kind of country thing. I think that was a good move, particularly with the kind of time that um, country was having. But I think that what she chose was so not in line with what anybody else was doing and also, like, not in line with what her music really is. And I think she just, like, pushed that rockabilly thing just too far and in the end it just sounded like it wasn't current, it wasn't hooky enough. The lyrics, I feel like, didn't really, like, get deep enough on anything and it was meant to be an album, essentially an album about being in love which we've seen plenty of times can be successful, even if you're a ratchet, crazy pop artist. And then half the album is about kind of hating someone. So I'm just, it was just confusing to me and I don't think any of it stuck. I think Miley is so great when she lets her imagination run wild and this felt like she was putting herself in a box for reasons that she thought were going to work and it clearly didn't. I feel like a lot of that has to do with um, her choice of collaborators and lack yeah. thereof as well. Um, she did Absolutely. the entire album exclusively with someone called Oren Yol, who she did Adore You with back in 2013. He's basically got no other credits. Of, on, like yeah. He had like a t- couple of Tori Kelly album tracks, Adore You. <laughs> And the entirety what of Young What a discography. What a discography. That's the ideal situation, isn't it? You know so, what, though? When she said that she was doing it with him, I, I was excited because I think Adore You is good. It's, like, really gentle and really subtle and was one of the, like, most beautiful moments on Bangers. Yeah. And, like, such a bold entrance into that bonkers album. But <laughs> she never really captured that vulnerability on here. I mean, she did maybe at one or two points, but for the most of it, it was pretty, like... Pretty walls up for me. I don't. I feel like yeah. you've got a different opinion on this. No, record. look. Going back on the record, I think I had um, rose-colored glasses on about this time in her career and this pivot. But the, you're right. There aren't any. There aren't many good songs on the album. If we're being realistic, <laughs> which is a critical part of a good album, <laughs> Sam. Having good songs. Yeah. It's as kind as of you important. would know, most albums that are reviewed positively <laughs> have a majority of, of good songs on them. This is something that I've found is a consistency, yes. Um, that said, Malibu is excellent. Younger Now is excellent. The two choices of singles, in quotation marks, um, the two hits on the album, I think are both fantastic. I think they're really Younger good. Now is, I agree with you, Younger Now is very good as a lead song. But, again, lyrically, this kind of, like, 
I just woke up and had an epiphany that I'm not that person anymore. And suddenly my image is all cleaned up. And like, yep. particular, like it, as a, as a f- massive fan of bangers, that was like hurting my heart when she was just like dissing wrecking ball in the press and everything like that. I'm like, what are you doing? This yeah. is you, like, this is your legacy. This is who you are. Like Mad- Madonna chops and changes like the wind, but she'll never diss an era. <laughs> I think even more so, I, I now you talk about that, I think I really like the melody and, and some of the production choices in this mm. album. Um, I, I love how in Malibu, you know, it kind of, when it gets into the hook, it kind of goes to that double time beat and sort of, yeah. you know, paces through. And younger now as well, the choice of drum patterns and um, even just the, the sounds of the drums on that record, I think are really interesting. So credit to Miley and, and Oren on their, you know, they made really ma- beautiful kind of pop records, but they had this really interesting, you know, instrumentation and drumming to them. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more infatuated with the melody and the the sound rather than the lyrical content, which was definitely yeah. left things to be desired. Agreed. I think we're moving kind of quite naturally into our first game. And I want to talk about Malibu some more. So our first game where we're pitting two of Miley's songs up against each other, we're calling it Younger Than Younger Now or Younger Now. Get a mouthful of that. (laughs) And (laughs) the first one is we're putting Wrecking Ball, the second single from Bangers, up against Malibu, the first single from Younger. It's really hard to go past Wrecking Ball's strength. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's really no challenge. Because I want to put yeah. these two up against each other with fairness. Because Malibu is my favourite song on Younger Now. I yeah. am going to go out on a whim and say Malibu is potentially my favourite Miley song. What? Um, I know I always have like a controversial favourite song, but there was something about that. Uh, the more so I listen, controversial favourite song is the Blowfish song. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> At least I haven't gone with the Blowfish song or um, what was the other one? I'm on drugs. Was that what it was called? Oh, Milky Milky yeah. Milk. Yeah, I love was... drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> milky Milky Milk was a personal favourite. Milky now, Milky I, I wanna Milk. I want to give Malibu the credit. As, I, as I've just kind of explained, I, I, I think it had beautiful pop energy to it, but also some interesting... Um, instrument choices but wrecking ball was just that moment wasn't it it was just that moment moment. and even if you take away the the even if you don't think about the video everything that say yeah even if you take away all the all the color that came with it and all the you know what it meant for her as an artist the song the strength of that song is truly there so yeah it's got to be wrecking ball one of the best pop ballad still I think is Wrecking Ball and totally underrated because of that video but that song stands alone with its video and that like final third verse like just amazing the whole thing is incredible Um, Malibu you know what I listened to this album from start to finish today which might be one of the first times I've done that and not kind of done it in increments Um, and I was taking my outside time and riding the my, riding a bike along the river. It was the first time that I really felt that I really liked the song. And I thought about it some more about why I think you like it. And I think that you live like, what, an hour away from Sydney on the coast, on the beautiful central coast. 
And Malibu is about an hour away from LA on the beautiful coast of California. Yeah. So I think it's a geographical connection that you've got to the song. I agree. And the more I think <laughs> about it as well, it was starting to, it was, it came out in March, which is interesting because that's not summer here, but I do have a sort of association. A lot of my favorite songs I've realized over the journey, I've got an association <laughs> geographically and climate based connections like i've got that like driving in the car with the windows down it's like 27 degrees celsius on the way to the beach i can smell the ocean i remember that with malibu it was towards the end of the beach season but i still remember that with malibu and i remember that with power slide by ryan Beatty, which is one of my all-time favorite songs i've just yeah you're right it's a geographical connection and it allows me to open up a little bit more of a an adoration for a song and a connection to a song, I think, rather than there we go. riding through we the it. cold New York cobblestone streets. It's not cold. It was beautiful, beautiful day. It actually looks very beautiful over there. Um, <laughs> anyway, weather chat. Weather well, chat needless aside. to say, I'm ch- yeah. Let's <laughs> flick over to our other podcast on Sky News where we yes. take you through the seven day forecast. <laughs> and we pick apart our favorite our favorite days on the, on the forecast. I'm so, an El Nino kind of I'm kind an of El boy. Nino. Love a bit well, of I'm El an El Nino. Nino guy, and that's why we have such great chemistry because we've got the <laughs> <laughs> real yin and yin and yang we have here. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next songs. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. The next is the Bangers Opener. Adore you um, versus Younger Now. So, again, really good pair-ups here because they're all strong as fuck. Um, yeah, I gave it uh, some thought this week, yeah. which is rare. <laughs> Adore You is fantastic. You know, that really slow-burning, beautiful. We hadn't heard it from Miley before, really. Um, yeah. And it definitely opened up a new world for her. But, again, going back on Younger Now, on the album, and listening to that track, I think it's just a really interesting song. It's a really interestingly produced Such song. Such an interesting song. Yeah. Like, it's a good... And I would go back and listen to that. Now I've listened to it again. It's one of those songs that I would go back to again, whereas I'd probably skip through Adore You if it came on. Um, yeah. And I feel the same, to be honest, about the one we just did, Malibu and Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball is objectively better, but Malibu is the song I'd probably, you know, listen to through if it came on on a playlist. Um, wow. I've added it to my playlist, beach.mp3, which is uh, coming soon. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go younger now for this this bat- battle. What about you? Yeah, I um, I think obviously like I just loved the Bangers era so, so much and loved everything that she was doing and how she was kind of embracing how wild pop can go. Um, and I really loved that she introduced the album with a song that was so the opposite of that and was like... Yep. Yeah, I'm going to give you everything in the kitchen sink, but I've also got a different side to me and you're like, you're going to hear it straight up and then we'll get into the fun. And I appreciated that. Whereas Malibu, I got very scared about what was coming next. (laughs) And for a minute, I was like, when Younger Now came, I was like, maybe this is going to work for her. Maybe I like this whole her standing with a rockabilly guitar and um, embracing this really kind of brazen brand of country music which was exciting, I thought. And I still don't think anyone in the pop sphere has done anything quite like Younger Now for decades. So I'm going to go with Younger Now just because it felt like, it feels like the bolder choice. Great. Good from you. We agree. Yeah. Two for, for two. 
for once. Um, excellent. All right, round three. What songs are we putting up against each other? Uh, we have the best of both worlds from the Hannah Montana soundtrack versus Bad Mood, which I think was the third single on the album. Was it a single? Might have been a... Maybe it was like an instant grat. <laughs> I feel like this... we've been experts on every other album we've done and we're like, was that on was this, this album or...? <laughs> it was on the album, but... It... <laughs> And I, I remember there being a focus on it at some point, but I don't know if it ever got like sir, like what I consider a single is like service to radio and getting yeah. you know spins and stuff. So, but still, there's a song on the album, so it counts in this game. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I what's reckon your, what's your it's ch- an easy one for me. You're like we could really, really breeze past this decision. Yeah. Bad Mood just did nothing for me. It's best of both worlds. What a yeah. great Disney pop record with that kind of pop rock, late noughties edge on it. It was perfect. Yeah. So I think you've kind of already touched on how this was an image change for Miley and you think that it was um, somewhat of a good image change in terms of where she needed to go with her career. And it was by far the least shocking Miley album she's ever done. Even the mm. Mount- Hannah Montana album was more shocking than Younger Now. <laughs> Do you still think it's a good thing that this era happened for her? Yes. I think she needed a reset. And even yeah. if that reset meant what some would consider to be a boring album and a nothing, a naff album, that's exactly what she needed. There was so much... So many shreds ripped off the Miley image. There was so much. She was like a raw carcass and she needed the flesh put back on. <laughs> if that's not too graphic, it probably is. But that's yeah, how it felt. No, it was great. like everyone had just ripped her to absolute shreds. So what do you yeah. do? What do you do when everything, every part of you has been ripped red raw? You well, have do you to think reset. she had to go quite as hard as she did like do you think she had to go quite as far in the other direction as she did yes i think if she came back and made the expected the expected bangers follow-up essentially the expected sort of slightly left of center but still a mainstream pop record with hits on it there's no there's then no launch pad for her to improve almost or or yeah or do more, or or find another pivot. So I think she then goes to this sort of really rootsy, very raw, kind of basic sound, and then that gives her an opportunity to then... I'm not explaining it very well, but you know what I mean, right? Like leapfrog no, off that and create a more mean. commercial record in the future, which still hasn't happened, but... Yeah, but now she's getting closer. She's, yeah, exactly. She's back to it. And still, I think at the moment, kind of making that almost like very almost making the best music of her career. And I think that if um, if nothing breaks like a heart was the lead single of this album, it would have game changer, totally different. Like infuse yeah. a little bit of disco in with the country, make it sound a little bit more current. Don't make it sound like you're an 83 year old who released their last record 40 <laughs> years ago. And I think it, even though. I want to bring up Taylor Swift because I feel like reputation for her was obviously her album that kind of tanked 
in in the grand scheme of Taylor Swift, who never really tanks. But her response to that was Lover, which came very quickly after what she'd done um, and was an album that was definitely more gentle and more um, down to earth than what she did with Reputation. But it was still like fun and it was still bright and it was still like current. I just feel like Miley went too far in the other direction. And for the last few years, she's been trying to erase this era almost. I mean, when I saw her play... At Primavera Festival last year, she played the um, Giga Mesh remix of Malibu, and that was the only, the only taste of younger now we got. Oh, Giga Mesh. <laughs> oh, that's so it's just word. it's it, it's interesting. I feel like during younger now she wanted to erase bangers, and now she's trying to erase younger now. So where do we get to the point where Miley doesn't want to erase the last era she's done? That's a really good point, and I hope that. A, I hope that she does what we're doing now and finds some appreciation for the record again and starts performing Malibu in its original and intended form. Um, and B, I hope that she is working towards a record that she does feel proud of. Um, I want to go back to what you were talking about with the disco country thing and If Nothing yeah. Breaks Like a Heart was the lead single. I suppose it's important to keep in mind that we didn't have... Casey Musgraves hadn't popped yet. Um, yeah. Maren Morris hadn't happened... Um, yeah, Sam Hunt hadn't yeah. happened. I guess Those I'm asking pop- her to come forward two years. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, impossible. That's really interesting because yeah, that ga- and that song would have been an absolute game changer for everyone if it came out in 2017. But I think there's a reason it came out in uh, what would I, was it late 2018, early 2019 that nothing. I think breaks it was out? yeah, just right on the on the, right cusp. On the cusp on the cusp. cusp. Yeah, and I think, can you yeah, imagine? Sorry, those records, those records were definitely in, not inspired, but they were influenced by the fact that there were record predecessor records that came out that had a similar kind of fusion to them. Can you imagine her record label sitting down and she's kind of prepped them and she's like, no more of the kind of tongues out, bums out mood that I've done in the past. Like I'm really stripping it back and I'm coming back to my roots and they're probably thinking, great. And then they listen to the album and they're like... Fuck. What have we done? <laughs> and that's the that's the really interesting thing. I think the A and R on this record was a bit disappointing and potentially could have been a little bit closer to the project. But also, I respect that what they've probably done is not put the pressure on her to deliver pop hits. They've just yeah. gone, "You go make this album. You know, we've got you for six albums or whatever. You go make this one. This can be your, you know, your failure. Essentially, this can be your flop." Um, <laughs> And we know that by allowing you to do this podcast. Yeah, exactly. We we know that there will be a podcast launched in 2020 by two Australians on opposite sides of the world and they'll review it reveredly um, and provide you with some late in the game streams. But I think, yeah, like there would be an expectation within the, within the record label that it will, regardless of the quality of the music, Miley's celebrity will get her a certain amount of streams and a certain amount of record sales. It did do, did, I think it did 45,000 units, which is really bad. Um, debuted That's at number four. Debuted at number five. It's the lowest peak in the US and smallest first week sales ever. Um, yeah. But I think they were willing to take that sacrifice to allow her to feel like she has some trust yeah. in the record label. And now she'll probably come back and deliver slightly more commercially viable hits because she's a businesswoman at the end of the day. I feel like she, this was like the start of a great record because I don't think any 
there are very few great pop records who that have been made with one collaborator. You kind yeah. of have one main one that sets the tone and then you know what you're going after and then you start working with other people. And I feel like it's just arrogance almost to keep it with the same producer the whole way through and think that that was going to work. And maybe she loved it, but at the end of the day, like pop's a game and you've got to play the game somewhat. Oh, you're so right. I just don't, I just don't think she was smart enough on this, this album. And I, I don't particularly think it was a bad collaborator, but it was the start of something that could have been great had she taken that that kind of aesthetic and was like to Mark Ronson, what do you think we can do with this? Or even to Mike Will made it, who she's made great stuff with in the past. Like, what do you think you can do with this country sound? Yeah. And that's potentially where it could have, it could have leveled up, I think, but she was so happy just chilling on her own, um, doing her own thing. I think that that conversation around the singular collaborator and the, the go-to person is interesting. I was talking to, um, not to name drop, talking to Jojo about it the other day. Um, oh, all right. Yeah, just close personal friend, Jojo Levesque, uh, singer of Leave <laughs> Brackets Get Out. Not Jojo Rabbit. Not Jojo Rabbit or Jojo Siwa, which is the first <laughs> Jojo that comes up when you search Jojo. Um, but I was talking to her about it because she was saying, I was talking to her about how she's collaborated with Lido on her new album yeah. quite extensively. And she feels like she's found her guy finally after yeah. 15 years of making records. So potentially Oren is Miley's guy and people find their person and their, 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 their favorite collaborator eventually. Troye Sivan found it in Leland. Um, yeah. Taylor's found it in Jack Antonoff Jack. to some extent. Um, Lords found it with Joel Little. Like people find their their one collaborator. It's just yeah. Could could this have been a better album if there were a couple more voices in the mix? But to that but to that point, and I think the Dewar <laughs> records a good example too. Like she found her guy and Ian Kirkpatrick, and they kind of designed the sound of the record together. But it's not him on all the credits, and it's yeah. the same with the Taylor album. It's not Jack on all the credits, and that's um, a good point. I can't remember who else. You so you find but. you find your like musical director, and then you bring in different kind of people with different perspectives on the, how the, how it could sound to really flesh it out. I suppose, but yeah. you've got that one consistent collaborator because the Doer album is a really good point. Like you know, S. G. Lewis on Hallucinate to make that a really big, you know, bombastic dance record. Yeah, and, and then it you've pops, got it pulls the album back yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. you've got you know other collaborators that make the slightly less wild you know pulsating records on there that give it dimension that give the album dimension and that's potentially what younger now has lacked a bit of dimension well i actually feel that we're getting a little too intelligent for what this podcast usually asks i agree so we Um, should play a dumb game right we should play a dumb game and this is as dumb as they get really um I am going to play a game that I like to call when I play it with my family, Younger Now or Mr. Plow. I love it. So I am going to read out either a lyric from Younger Now or a quote from the Mr. Plow episode of The Simpsons. That's a great game. <laughs> and Mr. Plow, for, for, for context, Mr. Plow was the snowmobile wasn't it? The like snow plowing thing. It's when he thing. starts plowing. Yeah. And yeah. Mr. Plow, that's my name. That name again yeah, is Mr. Mr. Plow. Plow. Sounds a bit like younger now, now that I actually think about it. That's really good. <laughs> Maybe we just created a lawsuit for it. This, oh, oh, oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Give me the um, quote. Okay. You ready? Yes. 
This is the first one. We're not prisoners anymore. We're free. Ooh. We're not prisoners anymore. We're free. Well, that could make sense because there was snow blocking someone's house from getting out the front door, which I remember specifically from that episode, but also it could be Miley feeling imprisoned by the blinding lights of Los Angeles and and finally getting away to the beach. So it's very good, very good quote you've pulled. I'm going to go with Mr. Plough. (laughs) You're correct, but you got right inside my head there with the thinking for that one. (laughs) Okay, the next one is don't tell him you are at a bar. Don't tell him you are at a bar. Was Homer at Moe's Tavern again? Till the early hours with his friends Barney Gumble and the other ones, or did did Miley not want to tell Liam that she was at a bar? I'm gonna go Miley younger now. No, oh. it's home. It's Homer's brain actually. That ah. quote came from. Ah, so there you go. There we go. Good on you. Good on you. That was a good good little curveball. Next one. Something seems just a little sus. Something seems just a little sus. Seems like a very... This album was too, like, rootsy and... And sort of, like... What's the word? I should know this. Um, Not hypothetical, but, you know, not non-specific for that to be something she said yeah. on that album. So I'm going to go, and this would be crazy if you put three Mr. Plows in a row, but I'm going to go with Mr. Plow. It's Thinking by Miley. Damn it. <laughs> Good discovery. Right. Final one. You ready? Yes. I'm kind of getting tired of dealing with all your stress. Ooh. That definitely sounds like Miley. I can't imagine a context where that would... Unless it was Marge saying, Marge. Oh me, I'm tired of all your stress. I'm going to go with Younger Now. You're right. It was Yay. Love Someone off Younger Now. <laughs> that was a great game, Sam. Well done. Yeah, we'll play it again. Maybe maybe privately. Yeah. I'll FaceTime you during the week with some new, great. new options. We'll do it on House Party. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> with the internet dropping out every five minutes, it'll be great. Yeah. To anyone listening, please never contact me again on House Party. <laughs> it's the worst app ever. I was so <laughs> adamant that it was going to be a big thing, and now I've just decided it's not going to work for the sole fact that the technology behind it is terrible. Absolutely. However, if they work. do want to sponsor this podcast, we oh, will yeah. wax lyrical about them. Absolutely. Get in touch at House Party. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually doing this on House Party now. We should do a live episode on House Party. Seven people will be able to come. Watch yeah. it live. <laughs> so exclusive. We should make them pay on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Patreon, if you want to get involved, it's patreon.com slash flopstars. Get, get in there. If anyone wants to drop $450 into our cash app, we will invite you to a live airing of next week's Flopstars. You'll be one of eight. One of six, actually, because we'll have to be two of them. It's a good one next week as well. It is. It's a very good one. We won't tell you what, but your money will be well spent. Exactly. Let's get back to Younger now. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even know how to get back where we were. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you believe that Miley was actually as, I want to say, like, good Christian girl as she portrayed <laughs> herself to be on Younger Now? It's an interesting one. I think there was a there was a combination of things she was trying to do with this album. She was trying to do what she thought was a genuine reflection of where she's at, but I think she also subconsciously had something to prove as well. She had something to prove that she was, you know, down to earth, credible, not crazy, you know, capable of what was perceived to be normal human love and, you know, all the normal human emotions that people go through. But I think a bit of it was sort of staged to prove that, but also a lot of it was where she was at. But I don't think Good Christian Girl is quite the level that, yeah, yeah, she was at. So it's an interesting one. I think there was a combination of those two things going on. So let's consider what kind of went on in pop within the, like, years surrounding Younger Now. And let's Mm. try and place Miley... Somewhere. So you think of what hap- happened to Katy Perry with Witness, which kind of absolutely put a nail in the balloon that was her career. Yeah. Um, and then you think about Taylor, um, reputation, what happened with her, but she was able to pick it up. So let's put Taylor at the successfully grew, Katy at the successfully drowned, and let's try and place Miley somewhere in between those two. I think also important to consider in that context as well is this was kind of the first year that the pop girls all kind of didn't work. Yeah, like absolutely. This Opens was the, the doors to everyone else. Yeah, this was it. And this also, to remember, was Ed Sheeran's year with... Yeah. Um, what I should know what that album's called. Divide? Is that what it was called? Yeah, it was Divide. Yeah, um, divide. So th- that this was the shape big of year for hip-hop on the hill, too. perfect. Yeah, and DJ Khaled yeah. had his first big hits. Post Malone was starting to pop through um, yeah. in 2017. So it's interesting to consider whether you know a, a country pop record had any any place um, in this year. Yeah, if we're talking about how these people grew, I think Miley set a foundation this year. It wasn't a widespread foundation, but. For fans, she set the foundation to connect again on a genuine level rather than be this gargantuan pop star with all these unattainable things going on and all these sort of of out-of-touch, you know, displays of celebrity. She brought herself back down to earth. And as I was saying earlier, I think this has given her that stepping stone to credible mainstream pop star again um, with big pop hits. It's just... where they are is a great question. <laughs> Which is kind of int- an interesting point um, of her kind of bringing it back down to earth. Because um, when you think of Katy Perry particularly, and both Miley and Katy were campaigning for Hillary, and the way that Katy took it was to kind of consider the world at large and see her place in it as an activist and make this very fake woke album that she thought she needed to make to activate people to kind of vote whereas Miley did the complete opposite and she was like I'm just going to show you that I'm a a regular woman and I'm just like fighting for what I believe in basically and she didn't overdo it with the whole theatrics of um 
this is the state of the world and everything. It was a very like singular insular album that took it away from everything else that was happening in 2017, which actually now that I say it aloud makes me kind of appreciate (laughs) what she did more. That's it. She ran her own race that year. And I'm like, I'm literally looking at the 2017 charts right now. And I'm just like, there's no way Miley was going to pop through in 2017. Malibu did end up the 47th biggest song in Australia of the year. Um, I think Australia would have been its biggest market, I reckon. Yeah, that'd probably be correct. Um, Also, um, good to consider Kesha Rainbow also came out in 2017 and that was another album that kind of did the whole country pop thing. You're right. That's a really good point. And again, the Kesha record didn't really do anything. There was that that one song did all right. What was the... What was the big hit of it? Praying? That one song, only pray, praying. Sorry, it's a disrespect on the name of praying because it was a bloody incredible record. I'm s- still trying to nail that note. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kesh is still trying to nail that note as well. She absolutely is. <laughs> Gosh. Um, Imagine seeing her live. I'd be holding my breath oh, for three minutes. Wow. So just quickly on the, um, on the charts perspective for Malibu. Um, yeah. Bill- Billboard Hot 100 it was number 10. So that's all right. Did a top 10 finish. But yep. oh, for um, Malibu was top 10. Malibu was top 10. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, number three for the Australian market. Um, and then the album itself, from a chart perspective, uh, did number two in Australia. And as we said, number five in the US. So it was remarkably, it was, it was quite more successful. In Australia, but, but Mal- did- like Malibu, that's that's surprising to me. That would yeah. be her last US top ten, I think. I don't think she's had one since. No, not even in the slightest. Slide away um, was number forty-seven peak in the US and number fifteen peak in Australia, which is criminal because Slide Away was brilliant and oh, maybe so good. maybe had what this album was lacking in the end. Some of Alma's best work. Our favourite, good, good old Alma. Good old Alma. Just she's only working exclusively working with Miley and Lindsay Lohan <laughs> at the moment, and we're all very here for it. <laughs> the pop gals are coming to get us. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's. I really think Slide Away kind of almost embraces the same kind of sound as Younger Now, but it just felt so raw and so honest. And I think we can really thank Liam Hemsworth for exiting her life for this kind of (laughs) renaissance of good Miley music. Exactly. I think at the time it almost felt like, cool, she's found this like consistent person that she's able to, you know, settle down with and therefore settle the music down and the, the pop star, the, the celebrity of Miley Cyrus was able to settle down a little bit. But then as soon as he left, it got even better. Like she found herself and and hearing her in interviews right now, she sounds the most connected to herself that she ever has. Um, And I think that's a really impressive, that's a really exciting thing. So who the hell knows what this next record is going to sound like um, and what it's going to feel like and what Miley will be in the context of this new record. And it's interesting too, that we still talk about Miley the way we do, because she hasn't been in the top tier of pop since Bangers, really. No. If you can say, like, Malibu was a a mild hit, but apart from that, she hasn't been. But she's constantly spoken of with the Selenas and the Demis and Taylors and that kind of thing as well, which is testament to the fact that her personality is, is genuinely magnetic 
and she just needs the music to match it now. So I think it's going to be an exciting year for her. Yeah, she I'm, can I'm bring it really all together. Keen. I'm really keen for what it's going to be like, and I, I just feel like it's going to be hits galore. Um, yeah, you know, and and slide. If you look at something like Slide Away, just that felt like such a genuine connection to her life. Um, yeah, and so I just feel like it's all going to be you know great songs like that. Hopefully, with the right marketing around them and the right you know placements to get her in the charts and give it the kind of commercial success that it needs and not end up with another album that we review on flop stars in 2024 <laughs> hope you've jumped the gun and announced our 2024 season i thought we were oops gonna hold back on that yeah we we're gonna wait to get get that sponsorship deal from patreon um i was thinking should we play a game should we play a yeah, game let's do it okay this is the final game it's called who's younger now um i'm gonna give you Miley Cyrus's current age. Actually, I won't even give you her age. You can probably roughly oh guess it. This is a, a, a glorified age game where you've got to work out whether Miley or the celebrity that I give you is younger now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this make, is made a little bit easier by the um, because Miley is my age. Okay. Yep. That yep. might help. That might help you I a think. little bit. Yeah. Okay. Let's I told you not. I told you I wasn't giving you the age for a reason. It's, you have a rough. You're gonna have a rough age. Well, you can't erase my general knowledge to no. benefit your game. Yes, I. Yes, I can. <laughs> if I want to. <laughs> okay, so I have I have four celebrities for you that are like loosely related to Miley or loosely her age, and yeah, you've got to work out who is younger now out of them. The first is um. My very special interview guest from the other day, Jojo. Who's younger now, Miley oh, or Jojo? Man, that's hard because Jojo in my mind is always 13. Yeah. And remembering she's been doing this since like the same age as Miley, basically. So it's a it's an interesting comparison. Because they both I reckon that noise. I reckon they're really close. Really, really close. I think Jojo is slightly older. Okay. So we're looking in Miley is younger now than Jojo. Yeah. You are correct, but it's not that yes. close. Miley's almost two years younger. So Oh, Jojo, really? Yeah. What, Jojo's like nearly 30? Jojo turns 30 this year. In six months' time, Jojo will be 30. We absolutely need to do a Flop Stars episode for her for her 30th. Oh, absolutely. Little 30th yeah. present. Um <laughs> She's got the brand new album coming out on May 1, which sounds like it's going to be great considering Lido's done a lot of it. Um, yeah. Okay. Celebrity number two, which I've just swapped out for another celebrity. Who is younger now? Nick Jonas or Miley Cyrus? Oh, this is hard. Nick Jonas or Miley Cyrus. I believe they had a romantic connection at some point, but obviously we're connected via the Disney days too. Um. So Nick Jonas I, or Miley Cyrus? Oh, this is so hard. So Nick is the youngest of the Jonas brothers. I believe that's so correct. I reckon that Miley would be... Miley's a similar age to Demi Lovato who dated Joe Jonas. So I reckon Nick Jonas is younger now. Very good. Nick Jonas is two months younger than Miley. Oh, 
Well, that's very, that's closer than I expected. Very good work. Very, very good wow. work. Nick Jonas is younger now. All right, celebrity number three of four. Her brother, Trace Cyrus, the lead singer of Metro Station, who yeah. had who who the guitarist from Metro Station was the brother of Miley's co-star in Hannah Montana, Mason Musso. Interesting really? fun fact for you. Yeah, they met on wow. the set of they met on the set of Hannah Montana and then became. Is the Trace Cyrus a full brother or is it from a different? I think it's the uh, yeah. I think it's a full brother. Parents: Billy Ray Cyrus, Tish Cyrus, and Baxter Neal Helson. There's three parents. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> oh, he was adopted. That's incredible. So he's he's sorry, he was Billy Ray Cyrus's stepson. Yeah. Adopt adopted son. His mother is Tish, who's yep. mi- who's Miley's mum, and dad was called Baxter Neil Hilson. That's how it okay. works. Anyway, who's younger now? Trace or Miley? I think Miley's younger now. You're going well. Miley is three years younger now than Trace, who is 31. Oh, wow. Gosh, I'm good at this. You are very good at this. And another one, a final one, to make it four from four. Who is younger now, Sam Smith or Miley Cyrus? This is hard. In my head, I always just think that Sam Smith is like 73. Um... (laughs) Oh my Who's God. younger now? You know Andre what I mean? That Sam, Sam Smith, Smith sounds so, yeah. Well, that would stump me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get you know what, what you mean. I mean though. Sam Smith has such an older vibe to Miley. <sighs> no, I think I've just got an inkling that it's Sam Smith. Good work. Six months younger. That's crazy. I Doesn't she they, seem so much younger? They, I thought Sam Smith was much younger than they actually are. I thought Sam Smith was like. I thought Sam Smith was not much older than me, um, but it turns out they're like four years older than me, so that didn't work very well. Uh, but good crazy. work on that. That's a four from four game. Before we wrap up the podcast, let's go a little bit deeper on Malibu for one second. Yeah, I like this question because I think um, so. Nick's written. Were there I any did... missed hits outside of Malibu? You'll all be pleased. Which I, I think is a pretty um, easy answer. I would say that's a. Hard no. Yep, I'd say it's a hard no. And normally I'm pretty <laughs> you know, good at finding album tracks that I like, but no, nothing else. You know what? Album. I think I think go back and listen to I Would Die For You. That was the one today that I thought this is really good. It's a, okay. it's a good ballad. Okay, with that context, I'll give it a listen. Maybe because it was a ballad, I decided it was boring. And yeah, no, I think hit. it's one of, her, one of her better ballads. So if I had to say one, I would say that one. Otherwise, I'd say there's no fucking way any other song on this album was going <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> Outside the American country charts who had <laughs> disowned her because she showed any kind of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lost her roots. She lost her country roots. Yeah, last Jesus. Um, how does this album compare to other Miley albums? I feel like, God, where do we start? Uh, it doesn't to start with. And this is interesting. I feel like this is the first flop stars where we haven't like put mad respect on the album's name and we haven't just like mm. made the most, but we've put respect on her. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. why, and we've put respect on the context. Um, 
Breakout, which was the home of songs like Seven Things, was incredible. Can't Be Tamed, the home of Can't Be Tamed. Bangers, also <laughs> incredible and younger now. It definitely doesn't compare, but w- without it, I don't think Miley would have the, the respect that she currently has and the appreciation that she currently has as a pop star. Um, but in terms of song quality and release, Bangers was still the gold standard in terms of giving, you know, an, a pop star a reason to exist. Um, I think you mean and her her dead pets. Sorry, and her dead pets. Sorry, did I say bangers? Yeah. I meant to say and yeah, her yes, dead yeah. pets. Yeah, sorry. Slip of the tongue. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, what do you reckon? What I, do you reckon? Well, I think without it, she wouldn't have divorced um, Liam Hemsworth. I think she she listened back to it and she thought, bloody hell, if this is the kind of music I make with you, I need to cut and run. <laughs> you can just imagine what Liam Hemsworth's record collection would be. It would be oh. like Angus and Julia Stone, oh. um, Xavier Rudd. Neil Young. <laughs> Dope Lemon. Dope Le- oh, there'd be so many Dope Lemon albums on his fucking... <laughs> po- fucking and it, and he influenced her a little bit. She's better off without him. She's a much more exciting person. Do you reckon Liam has a like a a sort of chest of drawers made from like traditional like nimbin teak wood (laughs) that he stores his records on? He's got absolutely. And he made her take it back to America in her carry-on, I reckon, (laughs) after they'd been to Byron Bay Blues first. And it was so fresh, the wood, that it still had, like, Australian, like, bugs crawling all over it and it got seized at Absolutely. customs and you treated. You never get it in. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it had, to be, had to be fumigated. Like a Balinese woven basket. <laughs> <laughs> On that note... <laughs> On that note, if you'd like to hear more about our um, exclusive story about Miley and, and Liam's transportation of Australian timber, <laughs> it's our new podcast in, um, in companionship with Bunnings. Get it now yeah, on the app. It's called Got Wood. God. <laughs> Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts with your favourite wood <laughs> type, um, and we'll know that yeah. you listen to the full Miley episode. Um, until next week, subscribe and we'll catch you then. <laughs> yeah, see you then. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>